Good afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back. It's Read It Weep Season 5, Kevin Bacon's Exquisite Corpse. We are just four inmates and friends who are playing a very long movie-watching game. I've settled on the new tagline for the show, which is a show about friendship and movies. Isn't that sweet? Aww. The tagline for several years was, we used to talk about books, which wasn't a very helpful tagline for understanding the show, but now it's more... Well, I mean, it narrows it down a little bit. It does, yeah. Right? And it shows you where we've been. It's Um, at least true. Yeah, we will. At least they know. Well, they won't be talking about Homo's Odyssey on this episode, right. I guess. So that's a good starting <laughs> right. point. It could know? be like this podcast <laughs> used to be about boats, and that would just be yeah. a lie, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. This was actually honest as well. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. You how many people are at home? Like, gosh, they keep. Sorry, go ahead, Ez. Was just, you, this podcast was never about boats. Also, a good tagline. Well, that would also work. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad you said the thing about the Odyssey because I'm sure most people, when they turn on their podcast, like this goddamn better not be about the Odyssey again. I've been fooled too many times, Radio Lab. I like the Odyssey. Right, I'm, I'm your host. I'm Alex Falcone. I'm recording, as always, from North Koreatown in Los Angeles. Uh, I am joined today uh, by my three good friends. First up, he's at Anthony Lopez, part two on Twitter. He's in Southeast Portland, and there is nothing wrong with his mind. He's a goddamn marvel of modern science. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. I was actually going to use that line, so I'm going to use this one instead. I'm not talking about the podcast. I'm talking about my life. I can't seem to get that through to you. I'm not talking about one person. I'm talking about everybody. I'm talking about forum. I'm talking about content. I'm talking about inner relationships. I'm talking about God, the devil, hell, heaven. Do you understand? Finally? <laughs> Man, that guy. A little pedantic, huh? Yeah. Good, That's how we good know. Speech, but he's closeted, I guess, is what I was yeah. supposed to learn from that. The internet told me. Um... Also joining us today, he's at Hunbun on Letterboxd from the woods of Brooklyn, New York. He can dunk a, back, a basketball, but we'll pretend he can't hear you. It's Hunter Donaldson. Yo, um, I want to be Danny DeVito, but I don't even look like Danny DeVito, and I have to read that it's Danny DeVito. What a fun I don't know surprise that, that it was Danny DeVito. Yeah, I did not know I it was Danny DeVito. I was... Yeah, I just had no idea. How could that and be Danny DeVito? And Christopher Lloyd, what a delight, these young yeah, I, people. He looks like movie, him. This movie has a fucking killer murderous row of yeah. young up-and-coming <laughs> character actors it is be i mean oh my god brad dorf christopher lord yeah. danny devito i mean just who's the brad cast Dorf? in this movie what brad, else brad Dorf was Dorf billy uh, he played worm tongue he's voice yeah, of in the, in Lord he's, yeah he's been in a villain and everything he's usually cast- he was in he, he was in david lynch's dune he was yeah. uh peter devries oh, yeah. and david he's lynch's also Dune. in david lynch's blue velvet uh, yeah, great, yep. great actor. Usually, play, comes um, is cast for like his sinister energy. So to see him just being a young, cute boy in this was really oh, through me. He was in Deadwood. That's where I know yeah. him. Yeah, you know Brad Dorf. He's he's I in do. everything. He's, he's, in, he's great. incredible. He's got incredible. weird eyes. Yeah. Um. Also joining us to round up the panel today, he's in Northern California. He can leave whenever he wants to but he's a little scared it's Ezra Fox I'm just not ready you're the only one on the podcast who can leave whenever you want to uh well me but also I think like behind me there's another nine people who also can leave whenever they want to but they're Mm. not really like talking much that's true that's true um so before we start the show I want to vote for the game 
Uh, oh, yeah, you're just stacking the votes. That's true. Yes. Um, <laughs> before we start, I'd like to thank uh, all of our fabulous Meat Buddies who donate to the show on Patreon. We got a bunch of new Meat Buddies this last week, and we're going to go through some thank you segments in the coming weeks. Um, people love the games. People love the games. I think also maybe some other things going on. We'll see. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, it's it's a suspicious number of people giving us money this week, and so something <laughs> else might be going on. People like that uh, you hide things and like that you wrote things. Yeah, I think there might be some spillover from TikTok. I'm not sure. Um, well, I just like here. I'm also have started putting up the Metreon uh, as like people who use like bitcoins for money laundering. I'm like, you know, oh, it's yeah. also a good way uh, to launder money. Uh, sponsoring the podcast. Yeah, you, yeah know? you sponsor the podcast, and then, and that's how money laundering works. Um, yeah, I'll watch your money and spread it out. You know, it works. But I, yeah, I won't give you any of it back, but we will mm. We will take your dirty money, I guess, is one of our yeah. other many slogans on the show. We will take yeah. your filthy, stupid money. Yeah. Um, you can pay us in apes. I don't know. Um, if it's you want to join all wait, these wait. people who are... No, no, no. Let's unpack that. So one, <laughs> no, it's not. Much... If you, if you want to help support the show and launder your filthy, filthy money, go to metreon.com and, and or search for us on Patreon. And we thank everybody who supports the show. Um, okay, so segment one today is the news, and I'm going to do the same thing I did last week, which is I'm going to take over the news with some personal news. We're going to talk about some norm, my, some of my stuff. So first of all, last week I was talking about the my upcoming debut comedy album, which is coming out next week. It's actually, today's, we're recording this coming out today, the third. The album drops tomorrow on <laughs> Pandora exclusive. So if you're a Pandora user, you can listen to the record mm. tomorrow. But yeah, you ask Spotify to pull it, right? To be in solidarity with it Neil Young. It is a Yon weird time Mitchell. to be like, yeah. my first ever things are going to be on Spotify next week. Mm. But I can confidently say that if I pulled them, it would not affect Joe at all. Mm. Yeah. Like, like I feel like Joe, Joe might like Neil Young. That might have hurt his feelings. He has not heard of me and would not care if my record got fewer. But the other thing he is... Might like, know, well, he might know about you. He might know about you, oh, but he's not yeah. a fan. He doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good, thank you. Gonna, it made me feel better for a second and then much worse. Yeah, right. I'm <laughs> Wait, when you want to be like Joe? Like you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. Joe doesn't like Alex. Joe does he not does, like does know he likes me. Um, but the other thing I mentioned last week is I'm going to do a, a record release uh, show. I'm going to do a little online show that the that all of the meat suits can come uh, hang out, watch, get some, uh, watch me do some stand up, play some clips from the album. I got a couple of friends on the show. It's going to be super fun, and uh, I have all the official information about that. It is going to be next week, Wednesday, February 9th. That's 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 2 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time. What time? Yeah, go for everyone. And then, well, the, the other important one is 11.30 a.m. the next day in New South, that part of New South Wales that marches the beat of its own drummer. Just those normal time zones. But it is it is really hard for our Europe listeners, I understand. But it is easy for our early rising Australian listeners. So get up, listen to it, put it on the background while you're working. Or if you're on the East Coast, come on in at 9 o'clock. Use it like you use the podcast to help you fall asleep. It's gonna be a good time, and uh, you can you can come hang out. You can also get the VIP package that comes with a download code for the album, um, which can help me. I just I think I, I don't know if I told you this. I just found this out the other day. Um, uh, David Cross is also releasing his new special next week, Friday. So awesome. if you can help me with some pre sales to not, so I can I can I can beat David. That's what we're looking for. I mean, there's still number two <laughs> is still up for grabs. 
That's yeah, far as I know, the number two is wide open. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I told you guys it's like you t- it needs like you need like twelve pre-sales yeah. to get on the hmm. I- iTunes best-selling comedy album. Not right. when David Cross is also releasing an album. Ah, blast! Uh, but if you want to come so hang I- out the show, RushTix.com is where you can go. RushTix because all the kids are in such a hurry they can't spell tickets. Mm-hmm. So get your ticks. T-I-X, not T-I-C-K-S. This is short for tickets, not short for Lyme disease or whatever. Rush is there tickets. anyone well, anyone here or listening who, if 10 years ago, if you had to ask which one of them was going to get a late career revival, David Cross or Bob Odenkirk of all people, would anyone have said Bob Odenkirk? Did anyone see that coming? I love the guy. I think he's been doing incredible work. But this just dawned on me the other day when I was watching David Cross. He's an action movie star now? Then it's like, yeah, like, what the fuck happened? David <laughs> Cross was, Bob was the quiet one who writes in the background. He wasn't the, supposed to be the award-winning, critically acclaimed ass kicker. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just, critically acclaimed ass kicker world. should be on his tombstone. Yeah. That's a heck of a sentence. Um, I, I don't know that I would say revival. I think he had a slow, steady ascension, and then he just took off for yeah. some reason. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for it. Was it was a little show. Yeah. I don't know if you heard of it, Alex. It was called Breaking Bad. Uh, yeah. It was this just a little program, a little TV yeah. program. I'm just I'm saying it's not, a rev- it. it's not a revival because he never, w- yeah. he was like, he, he did okay. And then he got onto yeah. that and then he got his own show spinoff and then he got even, yeah. Right. And you just, I mean, the I'm just calling you out because you said for some reason. And I think oh. we know the reason. Yeah, yeah for the right. first study, totally. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, so a couple other quick things from uh, from news. I I did tell a couple of listeners that I would talk about this this week who saw it on TikTok. So I've had a couple. I've had kind of a week on TikTok, you guys. I don't know if you know. This is mm. how bad my life has gotten. Uh, somebody called me an influencer the other day, and I didn't even throw up in my mouth. Isn't that weird? Oh, my God. That's, mm. that's I, how far I've gotten into TikTok. You could, you I mean, could say it, it, and I might not even notice. Influence me right now, motherfucker! Yeah, Come on, influence! You, what are you influencing yeah, about, it, Alex? Influencing you. I'm making you yeah. so angry. Yeah, Wait, come on! No, what? 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 Pro- like, if you are influencing me to do something, what would it be to do? Well, so okay, so great question. So, have you put hashtag ad on any of your videos yet? I think <laughs> not. Well, I haven't, although I will tell you, I turn down, I get um, probably like five a day now, people saying like, shill this product for me on TikTok, and I am not doing any of them. But um, you could be an influencer. So you I have could the be opportunity selling that stuff. To. I am also, in the next couple of days, I will go live on Cameo. So if you want to pay me to say happy birthday to your sister, <laughs> that will be yes. an option. And look, that sounds what crazy, and it sounds very surprising, but Cameo is invite only, and cameo yeah. came to me and was like you yeah, have been requested is, multiple times what is yeah. gonna be do you, you get to set your own rate you can set your own rate yeah yeah, um, yeah. i mean he, what 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 are you gonna charge for he advised me to start out because you get there's like if you do six in the first two weeks you get like on the trending shelf and so i will probably start it a little lower so i'll probably be like 20 bucks the first yeah. couple weeks and okay. then I'll change it to the official Snoop Dogg number of fifty five hundred dollars to say something while I'm driving a car. Yeah, I because you know sometimes I I've never paid for a cameo, but sometimes I'll just go through the website and be like, this person should charge more than this person. What is happening? Yeah. Why is? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Why, well, why is this third back third background extra in Seinfeld charging more than former WCW World Heavyweight Champion Sting? It just doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me. Like what no, is it, happening? 
it's you know it is not i mean so they might be putting more work into them so you could do as long or as short as you want and you can take or leave as many options as you want are you calling um, former wcw world heavyweight champion sting lazy alex is that what you're yeah. doing right now <laughs> is that what you're well, doing no, do you no, want the fucking scorpion death free, drop on you huh for twenty dollars i will call anybody lazy that you would like wait what no, so i want you to do a cameo but only for other people on cameo so yeah. you'd be like, you'd be like the, the cameo or cameoers, Cam, cameo. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah well, sure, sure. It. Like the comics, comic. I'm a cameo's yes, cameo. Exactly. Thank yeah. you. I I did see one cameo the other day that had a cameo from a more famous person in it, uh, <laughs> and I thought that was pretty neat. That's and a great meta. bit. I like that a yeah. lot. That's pretty good. That's pretty um, good. Yeah, the thing about Price, I was talking to the their like entertainment recruiter guy, and he was like, "You want to be a high enough price." that you don't have the people who are trying to trick you into say, saying racist things be aff- able to afford you, but you want to be a low enough price that your people aren't like, I've never, I've never heard of you. Why are you charging this much? And then they yes. find somebody cheaper. So like when someone That's sends like, Hey, I have a brother named Brandon. And he's right. going in a big race this week. Exactly. You just that's, say, that's, "Let's go, Brandon." Yes, that's on the, the video, kind of thing they would know? like to do. Yeah, twenty yeah. bucks. I'd do that all day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do the the sanitized version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's the hilarious. Like, we don't swear, so we like changed the word that swearing me. Yeah, like, yeah, you got us good. You burned us. Um, Probably, yeah. It's pretty weird but that that was one of the things that happened so i made this video about um my uh, diversion safes i think is the official name for it but like i like huh. hollowing out books and hiding stuff in it and uh that did did like four and a half million i think last time i checked on tiktok four and a half and so, million yeah, mm. TikTok? yeah so what is that like eight people like well it's over a million likes so it's at least it's mm. like 1.2 million likes so it's at least that many Whoa. humans clicking on things um yeah i think so i think the number is like 300 or 3 million people reach for four and a half million because a lot of people watch it multiple times yeah. um does it ever just blow your mind that like vine didn't die it just became everything else oh there's you know so what much i mean stuff on, like there's there are so... like, accounts on on tiktok that are just like i'm sharing vines because vines was better and it's hard yeah. to argue with them there was some good stuff yeah. on vine that's just crazy the way everything is, crazy. is just fine yeah but I um yeah I it's it was been a it's been a weird week with that I but the problem was I was going to talk about that because people were like oh you got to talk about your hiding stuff video on on the podcast this week but then I had another video that also did well that it's, to answer your real question Hunter what am I selling what am I influencing I made a video this week talking about Ezra and I's novel from six years ago that nobody bought mm-hmm. and it did one and a half million in the first twenty four hours. Mm. And we are now the 234th top selling book on Amazon. Hell yeah. Today, um, which is crazy. We are officially the seventh best selling satire book on Amazon, which makes us officially best selling authors, parentheses, in some categories. Whoa, yeah. bestsellers. We got two bestsellers here. We've got bestsellers. Guys, I, the graph is bananas. We like hockey sticked selling this book because it was nothing before so it just went to something and that's a crazy graph wow if this mm. keeps on going now it'll be double things like 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 if it goes it'll go through it'll be like the like i think we're, we're approaching like a limit of impossibility i guess basically i'm assuming this growth is going to mm. continue forever asymptotic yeah i think it's well, gonna it is wow. technically approaching infinity just plug wow. it again, and the graph will be an HE double hockey sticks. Wait, you know, <laughs> an <infinite> graph. <laughs> it what was if, so. Uh, I mean, 
I thought, well, hey, this is kind of funny content to talk about how far we took this joke because Ezra and I made yeah. a joke for like a while and then actually took it far enough to make a book. Yeah. But we like it. the The video did really well and people were buying it. But buy, like a lot of them, we sold we sold probably close to a thousand books in two days now, three days. Whoa, um, which is which is bonkers. It's a crazy number of books. And uh, yeah, I didn't. We didn't know there was um, a thousand people still left reading in the world. Well, that's well, readers. nobody has nobody has claimed to have read it, Ezra. This is sales. <laughs> There were, this is there a were some reviews. Yeah, this is a book it, you true. want on your shelf. No one's actually reading it. I got one on my yeah. shelf. I ain't read it. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. I'm not going. <laughs> That's back a true there. friend. Yeah. <laughs> I Did mean, ever... I'll, I'll get to it. I got a lot of books back here. I haven't read any of these <laughs> books. Do you think people are expecting to get the book and find out that it's hollowed out with something you know hidden oh, in it? Have you considered God. that? Yet? I yeah. was absolutely yeah. today on my run this morning. I was brainstorming a video where I hide stuff in copies of my own book. Um, mm, so wow. I'm, I'm thinking on it. It's got to be. It's the obvious mashup that everybody wants. Mm, yeah. Um, one thing that's fun is we were uh, like the, we we hit number seven on satire. Um, number nine on the current bestsellers for satire is um, "Go the Fuck to Sleep," and oh, I know I, I met Adam Monsbach who wrote that book at a TV thing last year. And so I was talking, I was like messaging him to rub it in his face, and he did not care at all. But he did, um, he did say that between us is the far side off the wall calendar for 2022 and that really pissed him off mm. um, no shade to the far side but those are not new comics they're not right he's not putting out new work uh so he was just all pissed off at larson and just could not have cared less than what that our book was on there i mean certain things like the movie we're gonna talk about today and far side are just timeless you know they're just <laughs> always good well it and, turns you know? out that was another thing that's funny about this is in the video i referred to the this all is happening the the twilight and the twilight spinoffs and then twilight parodies as being like a few years ago it's like the end of twilight was like 12 yeah. years ago so yeah that's the, what's funny about this book is this is six years after we published it and that was already probably five years late right yeah so well, for I mean, it to have a revival right now and pop onto the charts is very strange i got can i ask people... you some questions because i've never talked to a best-selling author before i just <laughs> yeah please do please do Are, uh, let me ask you this, this is a big question categories. Are you worried that you will get a book deal or movie deal now? Because that would be that would be rough, right? Worried? Like that that would suck, wouldn't it? <laughs> Our journalistic integrity, right? You'd have mm. to write more. You don't right. want to do that, do you? Well, this one was so and easy. You know how to make a movie? Do you know how to make yeah. a movie, Alex? I don't. Um, I would be happy have to you... sell the film rights to this. I mean, you know, we did. We've talked for years about different. Um, um, so like 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 sequel ideas or spinoff ideas for this the law the joke for a while was that we would do because because this is a twilight parody and because 50 shades of gray started out as twilight fanfic and then turned into its own franchise oh. that we would do our own erotic fan fiction of our Dude, book and then the try to sell 50 that movie. shades version of oh my god the bondage it'd it's be called, obvious yeah. well no it's called hardcore bandage obviously because yeah. mm. it's a mummy story um, so we already got I'd the title that a problem bit, is you, you got their <laughs> ear right now you don't want to mess it up you know <laughs> problem with that is um we tried to like write a sex scene one time real gross didn't want to do it so yeah. you know have not you know it's a trust what do you mean? Of, what's a, gross a, a, a true it? friendship is will yeah. you try to write a, a mummy based sex scene with your friend 
Um, well, just don't do it in the same room together, okay? Yeah. Just like one person go to the bathroom, hang out for a little bit, and then There's the other no person's writing, and then you just read this. what you got, you know? I thought, yeah, just, well, it gets so horny, you have to go and take care of yourself or, in the bathroom or, while the other or, guy you writes. know what? Simple. Just be no. an adult and get horny with your buddy. It's not a big yeah. deal, okay? Yeah. Every You've been on this earth so long, you can't just be horny in the same yeah. room as your buddy? Like, Strip clubs, literally, grow. that's their entire business model. Go get horny with your buddies. Grow yeah. up. It was also um, it was also very fun because in the comments on it, we did have people like there was a romance novel editor who who said she was buying it and a person who designs book covers. And I realized that that was the first time that people holding those job titles had ever seen this book. Wow. Because <laughs> this is unedited. I put the cover together myself. I mean, this is this is straight. Uh, this, this was straight through with no work. There's an, e- an e- Egyptologist bought it, and I was like, "We put no effort into oh, research no. or fact checking." Oh. That's probably going to be a fun read for them. I'm excited for the reviews <laughs> yeah. to start coming in. That's when it's really going to be fun. I mean, so this is the other thing that's so fun. So we, we talk about so, so coming to the topic of influencing. Is that um, the, I basically figured out a sales hack for TikTok and possibly for other stuff. But it definitely works for TikTok because people don't want you to sell stuff, right? You have to trick them. So my sales hack for TikTok to sell stuff is tell them it's bad and they shouldn't buy it. Mm, like, that's great. I if you if you sell your own thing by saying this sucks, we didn't put a lot of effort into it, you will not enjoy it. The reviews have been pretty good the last like we got great reviews the first couple of days. Oh, right, because you're starting yeah. from the bottom. Because I'm yeah. telling you, this is garbage, and they're like, this is a little better than it had to be. Yeah. Wow. And that, I mean, yeah. And you know, with like, you know how the world is slowly descending into hell and there's like massive book burnings that are happening all across the country right now. So there's all this empty library space, right? (laughs) And they're taking Twilight out so they don't have anything to compare your book to, right? I mean, think about it. The slate is being clean. You can get in on those shelves now. Or, hey, they're going to need more books to burn. Right? So, like, <laughs> oh man, I got a book. Well, maybe it's like how you do like a library it. discount. We could have a book burning discount where we still make yeah. a profit, but we're like, we'll sell you two cases at a, yeah. at, at, at 70% if you'll it, promise to burn them. The paper's I, slightly I, damp. It will burn for longer. <laughs> you know, we. <laughs> we use the cheap paper so you'll see some sparks and stuff coming yeah. off it. I think it's just really great that book burning has gotten back into the culture because I just mm-hmm. imagine these people like showing up at like book burning things and somebody's like, oh shit, I actually have mouse as an ebook. I don't know. I'm <laughs> fucked. <laughs> it's on my, do I have to burn my Kindle? Like, what's going on? Yeah, ritualistically taking a book off your Kindle, besides it being a difficult task, also really not that pun- punchy. Really not as powerful of an idea. You ever seen ones and zeros bone? It's not very exciting. It's very, very mellow. Um, I will say, because we are on the top 10 in satire, but um, Mouse and Fahrenheit 451 are both at the top of that list. So we're not Ah. coming close to it. Um, I did try to workshop with Ezra a joke about this, about wanting Tennessee to ban our book to to juice the sales. And I just can't do it cleanly. So I gave up on it. But there's something to that. But no, if, Alex, I am I am happy for you. But if your book was above four four and high four fifty one and mouse, I would actually be upset at you. I would blame well, you. <laughs> Here's the thing: we're well, next it's up with Animal Farm culture. right now, so we're coming for yeah. for Orwell. Yeah. We did uh, we did Vonnegut uh, a little while ago, so Catch we're, me we're too, crushing. Also, I think we passed. 
yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, suck it, guys. Um, yeah, well, let's see it. that sustained growth first before you get. Well, coffee, I will you know say I mean? this is a much easier read than Catch Twenty Two. I mean, this is like a three-hour breeze. So, you pick up Catch Twenty Two, you might never put it, be able to finish it. But this, you're going to put it down in an afternoon. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, it's right? Not good. This is not <laughs> great. It's very it's short. Not actually, a very long book. Just well, because it turns out words are the hardest part of writing a book. So if you do fewer words, yeah. you can get it done faster. That's the easier the time. You know? too. Yeah, exactly. We all the, our interests are all aligned on this. Yeah. Hey, Keep that would it, be yeah, so short. funny if this book just kept like people kept buying it, but the reviews were always like so easy to read. Like it's an easy yeah. read. I'm reading it easy. <laughs> I can read. Well, every, gotta, I know every word. <laughs> what you got to do is pull a Tolkien, right? You have unwrap my heart as like your Hobbit, like a nice short. Easy oh my read. god, you're right. And then you're you right. need to like mm. when they ask you for the sequel, rather than writing another short easy book, bring them like a forty thousand word tome that they have to split into three parts. You know, what World I'm really looking forward building. to is the unwrap my heart Silmarillion, um, where we just go <laughs> off onto the lore of this mummy's extra like distant cousin. Yeah. Talk about the original mummies and where they came from, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where did mm. mummies come from? Where, where think is about my it. mummy? In 60 years... Show me my future, mummy. Think about it. In 60 years, the future Stephen Colbert could be a massive nerd and be nerding out about your lore on his show. Very, very possible. You know? Um, the other thing that I reminded me of is I, I wrote this... Um, uh, I wrote a spec script a little while ago for Sex in the City called Sex in the City of the Dead where Carrie meets a mummy and dates him for a little while and it's a metaphor for why you shouldn't bring people and tv shows back from the dead ah. and uh the new sex in the city has proven me right repeatedly um but i uh it was a fun it was a very fun right because that show like half of that show is them sitting in a diner making puns about whoever they had sex with so it's got it's a perfect place for like she's dating a mummy and they're like how is the sex and she's like it's jaw dropping like really that good and like no his, his jaw fell off it's like they just you can just really pump mm. them out. Uh, it's a very good time. So now I have to figure out how to get that to be the next thing that we do, how to viral that thing. So we might have to do like a table read as a group where we have to do Sex in the City meets Mummies. Oh, yeah. On here. HBO Max is you know, really striving for content and you know Peacemaker <laughs> is really huge and it's very subversive. So I, I could see them just picking this up, you know. I, no one seems <laughs> to be liking the new Sex in the City. I know. I know. Wait, this, legitimately, this is I'm my application. Now. So, do we like? Is everyone like a different Sex and City character? Because I have been curious. Like, of the four of us, uh, like, are of, we? Do we have no oh, oh, you're saying what Sex and the City characters are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, real well, quick, US. Yeah. So, okay. So, obviously, you're Charlotte because you yes. are married and and have a house and boring. Um, <laughs> That's the defining aspect. Um, I think. Uh, I'm just I mean, not terrible. Not a terrible person. I, I yeah, think that's uh, part of being I, boring. I think I'm I'm probably the Miranda um, because I uh, like arguing about the rules, and I am um, yeah mostly uh, mostly a disappointment to people uh, in the end. I think uh, I think Anthony, you got to be you got to be Samantha because you are you're kind of a sex positive out there kind of dude. You're doing a, you're, yeah, you're doing I, it. You'll you'll I try. you'll You'll kind sleep with anybody. That's and famously your Hunt, thing. Hunter's carry because he had a CW spinoff about his youth that no one likes uh, <laughs> on for a little true. bit. Uh, but it definitely my CW spinoff. That's not a bad. That's not a bad outcome. I mean, yeah, I think that, I think we could make that work. I 
right? Does anybody have any objections to those? That might be it. I don't know the show at all, so I don't even know why I asked. <laughs> yeah. I I've only I've every time I've watched Sex in the City, I watch it like I'm looking at a fish tank, like a really nice aquarium. Like it's just this really weird alien world I don't understand anything about, but I'm like, "Oh, it's very pretty at least. Like look at all everything that's There's going some on great in there." Stuff in it. It also is weird rewatching it because the sh- Sex in the City is like for a sex positive show is so anti-sex. It's so it's got yeah. it's like it's some really intense bisexual erasure. It is it's like the whole show is is basically them shitting on Samantha for for having sex. They're like constantly criticizing her for it. Um, it's also hella racist, which did not hold up very well. Um, very <laughs> anti-trans, very transphobic, constantly transphobic. Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird uh, how unprogressive like the, it is. The, the way you said that it was racist, it, it, but it didn't hold hold up that well. It, you said it in such a way to make it sound like the racism could have held up better, but it just didn't. I mean, this one this did. Yeah, 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 I mean, you know that racism that just kind of goes forever and it feels I mean, good. I think Jeff Dunham is still touring, so you can do it. You just <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, for sure, people still watch I mean, it. That's not a that doesn't determine whether it was right or not. Whether it's holding up. Yeah, yeah, talk yeah, about fair. evergreen comedy, Jeff Dunham, something that will n- never age. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, okay, we got we got move. This is way too long on that segment. But thank you guys for talking about the news. Um. Um. Let's jump into our let's jump into our anchor topic for the day. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. It's time for segment two, the game this week. So as you know, and as I've been repeating each week, we're playing a game, a movie watching game that we call Kevin Bacon's Exquisite Corpse, where each week we pick a movie based on one actor in common with the movie we just watched. And if it gets to any of our highly well-selected point movies, that person gets points. So if it gets you really one of our got this explanation down, Alex, I, you're doing no, so I really good at you, it. And you were like it's dancing so... and it like threw me off for a second. Anyway, we're playing a movie game. Who cares? The rules. We'll, we'll talk about the rules in the rule lawyering segment. Everybody's favorite segment of the show. Mm. So this week for the game, Anthony was your pick and you picked one flew over the cuckoo's nest. The 1975 American psychological comedy drama directed by Milos Forman based on the 1962 novel of the same name by Ken Kesey. Also adapted into a stage play that starred Kirk yeah. Douglas for a while. Um, uh, one of the only that... three movies to win the big five Oscars in the history of the Oscars. Wow. Um, what are the other two? Uh, it Happened One Night uh, from 1934 with Clark Gable. Also a classic if you've never seen it. It's basically we, the... I'd be interested in watching it, but I do uh, feel like saying you got you swept the awards for movies in the 30s is yeah. less yeah. impressive. But the thing yeah. about... I mean, it's it's. I think it's really interesting because there are three movies. Like Award-winning like, best car in 1920. Yeah. It's like, yeah, good it's, for you. You have one. It, um, you may as well have won Oscars on another planet if it was yeah. from the 1930s. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. this, this swept in Mars, dude. On Mars, this swept. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, it happened one night, which is if you've never seen it, it's a really good movie. It's, it's essentially the origin of the rom com. Like oh. meet cutes, all yeah. meet cutes are ripped off. Ripped off from it happened one night. It is. The origin of the entire genre. Uh, Whoa! I didn't know you could own like meeting yeah. someone in a story, yeah. like, in a but like way. how how that happens. Yeah, I mean it's the first movie to do that. Really, I mean it's pretty. No one ever but, met uh, that. Uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest <laughs> and Silence of the Lambs. So all three movies uh, that essentially template movies, right? 
uh, all three movies that have been stolen from and you know are so homaged and uh, indebted. Uh, so many films are indebted to those three. It's interesting that they're the only. And what are the to ever what are the it. big five again? So best picture and best then the picture, four acting. Best, no, best picture, best director, best writer, best lead, best uh, actress. Just if you win all big five, they actually give you a Voltron uh, Oscar. That made well, up yeah, all well, all Vol- mm-hmm. all all Oscars do have connecting pieces that if you yeah. get five in the right order, you, that's you, what, sometimes yeah, you that's get what two Bond left. Was doing that that year, dude. Yeah, he, yeah. Everybody thought he was making them kiss, but actually he was connecting them because they was connecting them to their. It's, the why, it's, why Meryl, it's why everyone is so scared of Meryl Streep. She gets one more. <laughs> We're all done for. You know. She'll have, <laughs> she'll have, um, speaking of acting in this film, uh, uh, starring Jack Nicholson, and we mentioned some of these before, but Danny DeVito, Christopher Lloyd, also Louise Fletcher, yeah, and featuring, Louise. importantly, a very brief cameo from Angelica Houston, who was mm-hmm. dating Nicholson at the time, and so she was an extra who waved at him from the pier as he went fishing, wow. which is... Tenuous. We're, we're only a few episodes in the most tenuous connection that we've had for a movie She's so far. in the movie! She is in the movie. No she doubt. barely got she's there. Not, and she's not, not really waving. She's kind of watching in fear and disgust. That's true. As You're this, right. this weird scene kind of comes into the beautiful, beautiful Oregon coast. Uh, a little where bit more this of a drive from Salem yeah. than you'd, you'd expect. But yeah, they got yeah. all the way to the to the coast. Ez? I just I just looked up Louise Fletcher. I had no idea that I actually had seen her in stuff before. She was in Deep Space Nine for like a ton. Yeah, she's Kai Wen. Yeah, very, very That's, similar character uh, as Kai Wen as she is in this. But yeah, she gives one of the greatest performances I've ever seen in the film. I mean, everyone in this movie gives one of the better performances I've ever seen. But she in particular, as Nurse Ratchet, is unbelievable in this movie. This, but, this, uh, the, the, the coast scenes were at Depot Bay in mm-hmm. Lincoln, Lincoln County um, on the Oregon coast, which is beautiful. Although, it, for people who have not been to the Oregon coast, it, imagine what a beautiful coastline looks like that you can never swim in because it's too cold. So it's yeah, like a yeah. different... It's not like it's not like California beaches where the ocean is mm-hmm. friendly or uh, Florida hold on, yeah. hold or on. whatever. This, Northern California, don't <laughs> swim in it either. Yeah. I, sorry, when I say California, obviously I mean Southern California. You're basically Oregon. Yeah, I, uh, I am. Mexico. I only <laughs> knew Oregon beaches till I went to Hawaii for my honeymoon. Right. And I was fucking furious at Oregon like, beaches for the rest of my life. I could not believe. Yeah, I could not believe. The first time I got into water that was genuinely felt like a hot tub and was yeah. so nice and warm and actually had color to it, yeah. I couldn't believe it's the same ocean, technically. It's fucking it's bullshit. Well, it's what very it big, so there's different parts of it. Um, yeah. Okay, so let me summarize. If you have not seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or read the book or watched the play, let me summarize it for you in my patented five-sentence mi- micro-summary. I kept it to the five today. I kept it real tight. This is a mm. pretty straightforward movie. So um, Jack Nicholson is McMurphy, who is a kind of who is a kind of charming convicted rapist who didn't like being in prison, so he pretended to be insane and got sent to a mental hospital instead. He doesn't love it there, but he likes it more than he liked work camp. And so he develops a camaraderie with all the other patients while simultaneously riling up stern and swoopy haired nurse ratchet. He gets in some fun adventures. He takes everybody fishing. He finds out most of them can leave whenever they want. He makes friends with a Native American inmate who he was real racist to earlier. And he pretends to watch baseball and somehow makes baseball seem exciting. 
Dude, it, yeah, it that does, baseball game was off the chain. It does help like, when yeah. like every pitch results in a home run for sure. Yeah. That's like this he gave the them a very baseball. false sense of how fun watching a World mm. Series would be. Um, but then he finds out he's drastically misread his situation, and now it turns out he can't leave even when his sentence is over. So he decides instead to escape through the window that is barely locked. It's going really well. It's super easy. But then right before he's supposed to leave, he prostitutes his girlfriend to his friend Billy and then forgets, falls asleep and forgets to escape. So but they he cut really out his girlfriend's his pro- a prostitute more than he prostitutes his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, that, like, that would she be is, more accurate. Yeah, she, are, he says he loves her. They are. Yeah, yeah, but he also specifically says it's not his girlfriend at, at yeah. one point. Well, like, he does, but he, that's mm. true. Um, so, but, no, but he, Candy he is offers a, a friend who he's in love with to mm. sleep with Billy, and she's like, mm. sure. Yeah. I think it's better Candy if they're married because then it's cuckold. There's cuckolding, yeah. which would be better for the bird name, but. Candy uh, is a ride or die motherfucker. Let me tell you, we all need a, a candy in our life. Let me tell you. Yeah, um, she she is. Yeah, you can show up with a bus full of escaped people from the mental institution, and she'll be yeah. like, "Let's go fishing." Yep. <laughs> yeah, that is it. She's a chill lady. Let's steal um, the boats like, hey. and then go fishing. Yeah, yeah. Well, they left. Look, they left the keys and all the fishing gear in it. This is a little bit on, and them. they caught good fish. That is true. Yeah, and they caught yeah. Rafa. They were very good at fishing, despite him taking a break to have sex in the cabin. Um, yeah. Anyway, you missed my fifth sentence, which is um, they cut out his brain, and that's the movie. Yeah, so that's the end of it. That's what happens. They cut his brain right out. Uh, is, not is this all the first it. time all of us have seen this Enough movie? Enough of it. Uh, no, I've seen it before. Is, I had actually watched this in high school and yet forgot right. all of it, so I was still surprised at every twist and turn. I, this I have is technically the second seen time I've seen it. Okay, yeah. so I, I'm just the f- uh, one who's. This is my first yeah. time seeing it. Yeah. yeah. So, what was your ride like, Anthony? Since this is your pick. Yeah, I mean, I I went in. You know, it's certainly one of those movies that I think, um, kind of like when we did Citizen Kane. The it's a movie that because it's talked up with so much legacy and stuff like this, I sort of went in. Especially to me, what was most interesting was the way like Nurse Ratchet is always on like the greatest villains of all time. She's like yeah. number five on like AFI's top 100 villains and all this and it is it is certainly the type of thing that like when i watched it it kind of went in expecting someone more outwardly evil and horrific but how understated she is three quarters this movie she's pretty chill actually i I was surprised it's actually not that hard to be on her side for most of the movie and then she takes it too far suddenly but it's very sudden well, That's but when she thing. takes too far, in all fairness, he did try to murder her. He did try yeah, to no. murder her, but lobotomizing someone, yeah. like, essentially killing them. Yeah, yes. I think you guys are mis- like misunderstanding the movie. She's a horrible villain throughout the entire movie. I mean, she is, sure. in terms of what she represents and what she is, like, this is the there movie is the I where it. she actually does stuff yeah. instead of just playing maybe weird power yeah. struggle games. But when I when I was watching this movie, I really enjoyed it. I thought the performances were phenomenal. I really liked the filmmaking. But it was just like, as I watched it and was trying to go to bed, just layers were just washing up on me of, like, deep meaning and, like, really interesting things that Milos Foreman, the director of this, was trying to say and the way he took Ken Kesey's novel, which uh, I read a long time ago. And I know Ken Kesey never saw this adaptation. He didn't like the changes for it. But, like, you know, the book is very much like... I don't know how much you guys know about Ken Kesey. I went through a big phase of reading his stuff when I was in Mm -hmm. high school. He's an incredible writer. The main thing you need to know about Ken Kesey to really sort of understand his point of view... Uh, was he was in college, he was a victim of the CIA's MK Ultra experiments. Yeah. Like this is true. He 
he thought he was signing up to take uh, this drug for like the cure people from the depression, but it's really the CIA pumping him filled with horrible hallucinogenics and then studying his reaction to them. Uh, Shit. So you can kind of see where his like his sort of paranoia with the system and things like that sort of comes from when you're literally being experimented on by the government. But yeah. to me, what this movie, what I was like, when you kind of read into Milo's foreman's past and the fact that he is, you know, his parents were murdered in the Holocaust, he escaped communist uh, Czechoslovakia and fled to America when he was uh, in his like lowly 30s or something like that. And the way this movie to me is like, a, a story of authoritarian states and like the way institutions lock people in versus like rebellious spirits. Like Nurse Ratchet and uh, McMurphy aren't really characters. They're like opposing forces. And the real characters are the people inside the hospital, right? And the yeah. way this movie deals with, one, the, the compassion that it deals with these inmates, how much they're all yep. like really well-drawn people. And just, like, the little things that are constantly happening are the way, like, there's this running theme with the baseball game and these, like, meetings. And the way she constantly is like, oh, we'll pit it up to a vote because she knows the vote is rigged. And then when you get enough votes, oh, it's not enough votes. The way you can see a director who grew up in a strict authoritarian mm. nation, like, pitting that into his film. Or the way, how the way these institutions lock people in and it's always a rigged game. It's yeah. just like it just kept like these layers so, just kept washing over me all okay, night. But there's and a I couple just... of things about that that make it a little bit weirder. Like, for example, making the guy who represents not the system being like a rapist and then a murderer. Well, yeah, is... he's not a good person. Like, he's not. Yeah. None of the, the the idea is like I think that like none of these people are bad, are good people. They're all. I mean, especially Jack. Nicholson and I think there's a thing that they don't ever say in the movie that's really mentioned in the book but you can kind of infer it from the setting that these are all war veterans right every single person in that hospital is a war veteran and Mm. the way that like they've all been cast aside by society and like the cost of progress is leaving people behind in these small little sanitized boxes right like he's not supposed to be a good person he's actually an actively bad lazy person who's trying to cheat the system out of jail time right right but the the idea of him just being in there as a force of nature against this ordered force of nature that wants to think that like the things that make people sick is what gonna make them better but like jack nicholson murphy's whole thing is like oh all these people need is like a party and a beer and they get laid and they'll be better but he's clearly wrong too right the fact that like both of them are wrong but they're just sort of opposite ends and the answer is somewhere in the middle, is something that I think that this movie does so incredibly well. And not even clear, like, there's all these little touches with the filmmaking. Like, there's this really incredible sequence uh, when they're in, like, the first group therapy session. And there's this odd thing that I couldn't figure out why he was doing it till like, 1 in the morning it hit me. But, like, in the group therapy sessions, every time they cut back to No Ratchet, the camera is, like, slowly zooming in on her every time she's talking. And it's like mm. in those sessions, she is becoming more and more of their world, right? Her power is becoming more and more of the frame. So like all you can see is like that authoritarian rules or the, you know, rules and order will set you free type of thinking. Um, yeah, it's just phenomenal. I, I absolutely so, love this movie. I thought it was incredible. 
So, uh, Hunter, how was your experience of it in, from that regard? Um, I, I, uh, I like this movie. I don't know if I love it as much as Anthony loved it, but I do like this movie. Um, one thing that Anthony said that I agree with a lot and that I was thinking about a lot this time was like how, cause the first time I watched it, it's like, you kind of had the legacy of the movie, like in your head, uh, and all the little references and stuff. But this time I felt like I was thinking more about like, how does this work as far as sympathy? Because Jack Nicholson is such a, a piece of shit. Um, and then nurse, uh, nurse ratchet is the, the bad guy essentially. Um, as far as the, the point of view of the story. And I really think Anthony kind of nailed it with the whole, like it's about the other people, not those two. Like, even though your point of view character is Jack Nicholson, which may be like, I think the novel is the, is it true that the novel is from the perspective of a uh, chief? chief? Yeah. 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 Chief is oh. narrating the story, which if anything, like is why Murphy is more like a mythic character in this. Cause it's his point of view of Murphy. Right. And right. you can't, you can't really do that in the movie because you want the juicy fruit moment to really pop when you surprise, right? So, like, if you if he was narrating it the whole time, that would pack quite a punch. I mean, I almost like the basketball scene is one of the funniest, most delightful scenes I've ever seen in the movie when the chief really gets into the basketball. Yeah, and then when he speaks at the juicy fruit scene, I wanted to stand up and pump my fist in the air. I was so yeah. It was great. Psyched at that it moment. was very, very funny when he is surprised. I can, I can talk this whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, both of those are great. Those, both of those are very funny. And it, it also adds to the fact that he was like during the basketball scene, the first time he knew exactly what was happening and was yeah. continuing to not respond. Like he was yeah. intentionally not playing basketball when he knew right. what he was being told to do. It was like, uh, there's like YouTube videos with like, like the, like the professor who like, you know, like looks really nerdy and then like, you know, goes like, you know, to play in the basketball, like, you know, street ball is like, Oh man, he actually, he's wearing glasses. He actually is really good at basketball. Like, <laughs> it's my favorite genre. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, the very, very fun touches and, and fun twists and him when he pulls the hydrotherapy plinth out of that, out of the floor, it was very cool. Um, I do, I did feel like, I guess my, my main response though, was that it felt like you're like, I guess I feel like maybe I noticed this war. These are, these are more about warring ideals and about the system. And it just, I just was not into being on, I just wasn't into either side. I was just a little bit Mm -hmm. disgusted with both sides. The main people I'm into are, were the orderlies dressed as milkmen. I was Mm -hmm. on their side (laughs) and the side of the inmates. (laughs) And then everybody else, like the Jack, Jack and, and Ratchet. Actually, I, most of the time, I, I did think Nurse, Rat, Nurse Ratchet was really nice for the most part. I thought she was like actually doing a pretty good job in group therapy. Um, I, and I, she was being manipulative with the votes, but also new person at the hospital does not get uh, to set up policy for how group therapy runs. So that seems like it was like it was manipulative, but it was also like uh, he was being such an asshole. It was so weird. But yeah, he thought he would get you, to do that. You love the orderlies, probably especially when they come in like cops at the end and kick everyone out of their beds. Like people who were that sick part I didn't like, but I liked when they were wearing bow ties and uh, playing basketball by themselves. I thought yeah. that was really funny. Yeah, I mean, we all I know just like their bow ties. We all know Alex loves the taste of boot on his mouth, so he just loves. <laughs> I, mean, I know you're going to go this way with it, but at the same state. time, it's like Nurse Ratchet has come down to me culturally as being mm. super villain and being mean, yeah. and then she's yeah. like she actually is like listening to patients and helping them a lot of the time. 
And like I, as bad, like as much as I think the like the obviously the the lobotomy is monstrous, but it was also like the system for mental health was so bad. Hmm. Intel, I mean, probably is still very very yeah. bad, but was so much worse up through the sixties. Oh, for sure, yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I like, I feel bad about it, but she's not like operating way outside the bounds of current hmm. science at the time. But, I mean, that's the thing to me about what makes what. Like I said, I was surprised by like how villainous she wasn't in this movie when after I yeah. watched it. But as it sunk in, the thing that I think makes her one of the best villains I've ever seen is you know the expression like the villain's always the hero of their own story. Like mm. Nose Ratchet absolutely is believes she's doing the right thing. She believes that she is the good guy here. But if you actually think about what she does, like the group therapy sessions are really there to exert control over the inmates. She is, like, using information they're telling them so that she can keep them in their place, right? She is the, the, the thing that, like, I think really shows for, like, what she stands for as a product of the system, right? Is, like, at the very end, the thing that sends Jack Nicholson, the attacker, is Billy, this really sweet little kid, just killed himself. And she says, the best thing we can do is go back to order, right? Like, the way that is what the authoritarian governments and systems do to people they ignore the human cost of it like her whole thing is being like someone who thinks she's doing good but she's not actually helping these people at all she is helping box them in and in like making all of their problems worse this is is a problem i have when a movie is like these aren't characters they're metaphors is that i Mm -hmm. can't help thinking of their characters as people and people are not metaphors and so like she wasn't just thinking she was doing the right thing she was like current on science and doing the best that people were doing at the time Mm. and now it turns out in hindsight not compassionate and then also she did like the thing where she was like i'm gonna tell billy i'm gonna tell your mom that you got laid that was weird i didn't like that like Mm. there's plenty of stuff i don't like about her but i think if she's a person and not a metaphor she's a much more intriguing character and i would say probably not really a villain except for sometimes I, I honestly, Alex, it feels like your your read on this movie. You should just be pleased because we're talking about a villain that wins. She wins. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> the end of the story. I mean, she gets. What does she not get? Like she gets it all, man. Like and like what a great just, celebration of Nurse Ratchet. She yeah, like that, the that guy. Move the context. If win. you if you like, pick this. That's, Honestly, no, hold up, because I think that is something we're kind of missing here is like one of the reasons I think she's a pretty like noted villain in cinema is that she is the victor at the end of the story. I mean, who can be like she just has to fucking walk out into whatever. But yeah, and Louise Fletcher also gives an incredible performance. It's so understated in this movie. I mean, um, I think Chief wins in the end. I'm, yeah. I'm rooting for him. I mean, I don't yeah, know where, I like, mean, I don't know where Chief is going. What's going on just with like Chief? It's get... not. It's not a. <laughs> He's going to the NBA. Yeah, He's true. very tall. <laughs> um, the... He finally got someone to explain to him the rules of basketball, and now he can finally go. Well, you can't do that calling. with the hoop. I'm sorry, that's NBA <laughs> regulations. You can't close the hoop. Goaltending for oh, sure. That goal-tending. Is against the rules. Yeah. That's very Globetrotters true. All right, all right. I, I, I yeah, want to hear, exactly. hear what Ezra sure he has to say about this movie. Yes, please, Ezra. Ezra what, okay. what did, how so did you feel about this movie? So, so one, yeah, I, so second time around, it, it was, I mean, I forgot, I remember so much of it, actually, which is pretty interesting. Like, you know, it, it, it's serious. Like, 
whatever you had to say about the movie, it's like it gets in there deep uh, for sure. Like um, mm-hmm. possibly because it's been layered in with like all the other times you've seen references to it at some point, right? Like I remember uh, a Simpsons episode very clearly, right, where like Homer was in the institution and like there's a chief character and stuff. Um, but um, yeah, I, uh, interesting. Like like I I this is a thing that I've like oh man, a lot of these things are the group dynamics really good. Um, the like you do, I mean, at least I do end up, you know, rooting for Jack Nicholson, uh, you know, a good chunk of it. Um, I think afterwards feel much more uncomfortable about it. I think, cause like there's you know, definitely in like the source material, they, there's like a, it's not, there's a lot of sort of like point towards, uh, this, like, um, I guess women emasculating men as being like one of the kind of the societal issues as well, where it's like specifically mm-hmm. like the gender dynamics, um, of, uh, of nurse ratchet and, uh, and, and Billy feel like, kind of problematic where it's like that's the real problem basically where it's like 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 man this mean mean nurse won't won't let these guys bang like that's the problem with the world um right. yeah she's trying yeah, to take I away mean, his nudie playing that's card. the real thing that needs to be addressed here yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean ken kesey wasn't the most subtle her name is literally ratchet and yeah. her assistant who does the pills is pillbo like pillbox <laughs> She's no spillbox. Oh, I she thought gives it was out the like pills. Bilbo. I thought this was a Bilbo no. situation. No, <laughs> Bilbo it's, it's, it's very. He wasn't the most subtle writer. I uh, was intrigued by Pilbo because she spends a lot of this movie on camera, not talking. Like mm. she is always behind and to the right of Nurse Ratchet in a way that was really fascinating. She's also and so she has a lot of um, um, facial responses to do, but then mostly keeps concrete. Anyway, it's a very interesting character. Um, yeah, I think what you're saying is what I'm saying, but I wanted to set myself up to be attacked by Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> actually, Ezra, I think you, I, I think you nailed the, because I also feel a similar thing. It's like I like this movie, but there's a part of me that feels like there's some unexplored territory here that that doesn't. I don't know that. It's like I feel like the movie is so focused on institutionalization is that the correct word i think that's mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um that's right that i feel like it forgets to to be about anything else you know what i mean yeah. and, and right. it's like maybe some other things were revealed you know uh underneath that should also be talked about but the movie does not concern itself with whatsoever yeah i mean and, and the gender dynamics are such a crucial part his original crime is he's like well you i had sex with a 15 year old but i'm in my defense and then he's like yeah. i was into it which is not a great defense yeah. and the right. doctor the head doctor is like well yeah of course yeah the it way was, they are about it is so gross well, you know, <laughs> he's, you know, like, he's like just pound yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> little fun little fun fact do you guys know who that doctor is Hmm. He was the actual head of the uh, mental institution oh. that they were filming at. Yeah. They gave him uh, a role in the movie. So he's basically playing, oh. which is very well, weird. That makes the that movie part doesn't, even grosser. Yeah. The movie doesn't paint the greatest uh, picture of people who are involved in mental institutions. No. But I no. guess you could be like, well, this is what the, it was like in the 60s, in the 70s. Now, when I'm running it, right. it's much right. better. I, probably I would justify it. <laughs> to himself uh, but yeah, like yeah, a lot yeah, of the a lot of the background extras are actual inmates uh mm-hmm. at the asylum they were filming in minus sort of like the people who just all i mean everyone went on in this movie went on to be like one of the most successful actors of a like their generation it's pretty wild like yeah. there's two batman villains in this movie two batman villains in this movie penguin and the joker 
It's crazy. Plus, so the guy thing, invented a time machine. I mean, the thing that we all agree with, about is about the other characters there. And I, I wanted to um, – we got an email from a friend of the show – um, who has spent time in hospitals like this before and was saying that like one of the main things about it is that like the vibe of the friendship of the patients there felt very real and was also very enjoyable. It was like, uh, like he said, he said in the hospital, you, you become good friends because you're like, there's nothing else to do but bullshit. You're locked in there and you have the same problems. So all you hmm. have to do is bullshit and console each other and so that friendship, I mean, I do think calling it a good vibe is a weird uh, thing for this movie, but is exactly like exactly how yeah. I think we all felt was that vibe is the, one of the things that makes the movie so amazing is just this yeah. group of people uh, and characters coming together and, and yeah. how how interesting they were. It was really, really I mean, interesting. One of the things I think Jack Nicholson does so well in this movie is he's always shocked whenever any of them lash out or act out or like he he portrays. The fact that he literally forgets that they're there for a reason until he sees it, right? Every single time, he is shocked, which is yeah. another f- interesting comparison to him and Nurse Ratchet. Nurse Ratchet always sort of sees those sickness in them no matter what, and he sees the people that have a sickness in them, but he, he forgets. Mm-hmm. He is always surprised whenever he sees something, and he's like, oh, oh, yeah, these people. I mean, like, I think one of the best scenes is when he finds out, like, a lot of them are there by choice mm-hmm. and are there oh, to like right. get help um, because he doesn't see them as sick at all. He has so much compassion for them, even though it is very kind of like, you know, very self-centered in this, but I think the director Melis Foreman really has so much compassion for these characters and the way they are portrayed and come off. It's just so well drawn. All of these people could be like, shitty caricatures that were really annoying or offensive now right but each one of them is like so unique and feels so lived in including like i mean all of them are great but danny devito is like i've never seen him give a performance quite like this and i've seen him do some wild stuff in movies and tvs this uh, is almost up there with the one where schwarzenegger was pregnant yeah this is junior, as, yeah, it's almost this is okay, almost yeah. as good of a performance as he put in in Junior. I know? mean, it's not quite as like when he like bleeds goo out of his mouth at the end of Batman Returns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it was definitely no Returns, up we can there. All agree. Yeah. Well, in fact, since we're talking about how it compares to other movies, let's get to that. It's time for the master quality list of season five. Whoa. So we have now watched four movies, and we need to rank, and we're ranking all the movies in season five in order of their goodness. So we need to add one floor of the cuckoo's nest to that list. So my question is, we're going to start at the bottom and go up. Is this movie better than The Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou? Do we agree on that? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They both have problematic elements. They do. have. Um, that's true. They both have that in common. Okay. So we're definitely going to slot it in above Life Aquatic. Is One Food with Cougar's Nest better or worse than Apollo 13? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying yes. I think this what has you, to what be you, a number one. I think? I think this is easily. Uh, well, here's what the weird thing about our list right Alex now is to say. it's definitely not as good as Apollo 13, but it's better than Edge of Tomorrow. So I don't know how to put it in that place. No, you do. We do it one at a time here. That's okay. why I'm doing it one at a time because no. I thought it would be. But you have to take them head to head. Ezra, what do you think? Better or worse than Apollo 13? It's. I, I guess still yes. I I, I kind of don't want it to be, but but I think yes. I think there are a lot of great filmmaking things about this, but enjoyability might be missing. And Apollo yeah, 13 I don't has all the great again. filmmaking, but also is like a fun watch, which this isn't. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not going to watch this again. This was a this was a rough evening. 
Hunter, what do you think? Um, so how many, what, what we got? We got, no, no, you have like to got, say how you feel, not how you can play the well, votes. It sounds like we got two votes. Yes. One vote. And no, one vote, no. But again, it should be up to your opinion. Not how can you affect the democracy? It's a, it's also a game. You know, everything's a game. <laughs> um, <laughs> game. It's a rigged I game. Think, I, I, I think it would be fine if we dunked on this movie a little bit, but also I just don't really care about Apollo 13 that much. So I'm going to say yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> all right I think this well movie now could it gets use easier. a little bit of dunking on because it's considered this classic and there's all these like I mean, i'm sure somebody's talked about it somewhere i just have never read of anybody talking about the weird stuff in this movie um it is weird to like like hey remember this movie from 1975 let me dunk on it but um and like yeah of course it's not going to hold up because nothing does from the 70s except for a few people i've met who are older than me and are kind of great um right. so the point remains that now we have to choose whether it is above or below Apollo 13 or no above or below edge of tomorrow. So oh, this is the no, weird thing below. about this list. You've made it easier. Obviously below. it's better than edge of tomorrow. No, it isn't. No. Edge of no? tomorrow rules. <laughs> <laughs> edge of tomorrow is great. I mean, if we're counting enjoyability, I would definitely say that it's below edge of tomorrow. So, okay, maybe oh. that's a good way. Maybe we can, we can settle it there. Anthony, mm. you're voting up, but we're going to have three votes to stay. That's, so, that's okay with me. I'll take it. It's not the worst. It's not a bad outcome, actually. I feel pleased. I about love that. the so, idea that we're really just trying to juice up Edge of Tomorrow with this whole thing. Is, right. This will be what we'll do. Is in December we'll reveal that this whole season was paid for by Edge of Tomorrow. <laughs> Bible market from Paramount, baby. <laughs> Live, die, repeat forever. All right. Well, so that's the settle. That settles that, which brings us to the last thing that we have to do for this movie right now, or for the movie se- segment. Um, it is time to decide where we are going from here. So it is Hunter's turn. Yeah. Hunter's completing the run and so, you get to pick your movie for this month. What would you like to go? Where would you like to go? And I have two whom? options. I have two options, but I have, I have kind of an issue here, um, mm-hmm. which is that I've heard that the way it works is that after I make my choice, there will be a new order. That is true. We are going to do a redraw for the next four episodes, and we're going to do that live on the air next week. So we do not know who is going first until next week. Or going Wait, next. So then, how? Do, okay. So you'll have well, to do like we the, did last time with Ez, where you have to pick live so while we're discussing it. I feel like you've but, done something sneaky here, Alex, which is you've cut me off at the pass from making a deal. By deciding, and I don't remember it being democratic. I I just remember at some point it was decided that we would redraw the order. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I would love to take credit for this being a sneaky maneuver to cut you off the pass because everybody has decided to gang up on me. However, we had a chat in the Discord and people agreed that we would redraw. Um, So this was not my choice. So I'll, I'll, I'll throw out my ideas here. So the one... And maybe I could just get you both to agree, and then Anthony might spoil it. Mm. Um, or myself might spoil it, because you realize yeah. with the way this works, I might be picking might after this. Pick. Well, this is what chance. I like about it, about redrawing, is that if you could pick a movie that was two away from your movie, which might be hard for or be easy for everybody but you, but if you could pick one, two moves away... That would be a, you have a 25% chance of, of getting your points next week. I did, I, I did the research. It's impossible for yeah. me to be. <laughs> you, you crunch the numbers. You look it's at the whole data. Because the, I, well, I have, I mean, I have a lot of uh, strategy research I've done. And there's mm-hmm. this movie. What is it called? I forgot what it's called. But there's this movie that I will like have to get to before Battleship Potemkin. Oh, essentially. nice. 
And there's yeah, like should... a million different ways for me to get there, but I I have to go there first, um, which will mm. be tough. Anyways, I could travel via Danny DeVito and uh, what's his nuts? Uh, the guy with the really Italian name. Um, Danny DeVito and Vincent Schiavelli okay. to Man on the Moon, which is also by uh, Milos same director. Foreman. Yeah. Milos Foreman. Uh, and then that involves Jim Carrey, which that two means, of you. That means, yeah, a 50% chance that Ezra and I will, wow. Ezra or I will score next episode. Now, if I did that, then maybe I'm setting up somebody to score. So here's what I, well, here's what I will say. Here's my question is, what are you going to do for me? Yeah, if you do that, I guarantee I will dedicate the rest of my life to getting you to Battleship Potemkin. Whoa. Wait, this is a random and, chance, right? Yeah. It's random. Now, I could okay, pick I'll that. Okay, I'll do nothing. Now, you would do nothing. <laughs> well, no, we have to convince him to take the chance. Well, I'm mm, hoping that no, no, there's no. 50% chance enough. Well, no, what's great like about that. this for you and I, Ezra, though, is we, if we trust, want him... Ezra. Ezra, we want him to do this because if he does this, then if it's either of us next uh-huh. and the other one afterwards, we both score. Oh, wait. Yeah, probably. Well, no, because it resets. No, so so if when we redraw, one or the other of us is next. Oh, no, you're right. If we score, we reset. We did say that. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How about this? But that so, rule yeah, could I'll, be negotiable. Okay. Well, what I need to I need to hear Ezra talk right now. Yeah, please. Uh, well, well, so I, I was going to say, is, like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say you could go directly from this to the taking of Felum one, two, three as well. <gasps> Uh-huh. Oh. Which is something and to what keep would, in mind. What would that get me? I, I would be willing to help you out. I mean, I don't know. How, the thing is, you put yourself in a place when there's really nothing any of us can do to help right. you out. Right. You're right. not right. the right. easiest one to help out. In fact, I tried to help you out by going back to the 70s, literally the halfway point between actually, where we were and your yeah, movie. Except, I'm except, trying to help you out here. I, the problem for is actually, you need two helps. I, actually... Anthony, you did not help me very much because this cast is stacked so young. with people who uh. are just getting their career started. It's like, honestly, it was very annoying to go through also, the cast. Yeah, the oldest person is that doctor, and he's literally not in anything else. Yep. Wait, wait, wait. He's um, got a real go job. Scatman? Uh, you can't go backwards that far with Scatman, actually. He's like, he's like the 40s, I think. I know, but his film credits, they don't, they don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe I could have gone, because I, he was actually, so my other option, actually, I should point out, is uh, to get the, the best move I can make in order to get the closest to my film would be to travel through Scatman Crothers to Transformers the movie. That is the optimal play for me. That is hilarious that fate has brought you where the optimal play is that we have to watch Transformers, which would be awful, especially the part where where you guys try to explain why it's better than Apollo 13. But I here's the no, here's the thing, Ezra, before you say anything, we are out of time for the deciding segment. So, Hunter, you need to make a decision now. I need to hear what movie are we watching next week? Well, as Alex, I trust you, Ezra, you you kind of you kind of buffed a little bit, so it turns out <laughs> it's gonna be Transformers robots in disguise. Chaotic pick. We are watching Transformers the movie. Oh, who who is, is shared between this and that? 
Scatman Crothers plays okay. jazz. This is nice. so wild. I, I'm so surprised, I Hunter, you didn't go for p- anything from Peter Bracco, who was acting in 1932. Right, but that wasn't going to get me any closer to uh, the Russian guy that I need to get cr- closer to. Orson right, Welles you remember, he's not, a, he's not just a big time jump, he's also mm-hmm. a, a nation's jump. From Orson Welles, I can get there in two, which is pretty great. Like... But- that is pretty great. All right. That's as so good as for I can the official, get it, the official fifth movie and Hunter's first pick of the season is Transformers, the goddamn movie. Um, that is unfortunate in so many ways. I'm really not looking forward to seeing this. Um, this is the... What year is this? It's Orson Welles' last film. Okay. 19... 19- wait, this is the... Wait, wait, wait. This is the, the 80s cartoon movie? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh movie, okay. yeah. Much more What's excited better? about this than I am about the new Wait, Transformers. Wait, did you think Orson Welles was in Michael Bay's Transformers? No. <laughs> I, I know less than you could ever imagine. So this is great because we got a voice cast for this one. Yeah. And yep. you got some picks here. You got Eric Idle and Leonard Nimoy. Um, there's going to be some people in this. Um, and it's Orson Welles as an actor, not as a director. Oh, also Weird Al. So we got a lot of options coming out of this. Okay, Transformers, the movie, 1986, is our pick for next week. Um, All right, now it's time to get to uh, the business section of this paper. It's time to jump into the business. All right, we got so much good, uh, so many good emails this week. I'm going to try to run through some because it's already getting a little bit late. But we got a lot of suggestions from people on how to play the game um, and some thoughts on what people are liking. Overall, extremely positive feedback on this game. Although the second most common note, the thing we've gotten behind, we really like season five is we do not understand the rules of season five. So, and this is the simplified version. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. And this game is unwinnable, right? We have all kind of realized that at this oh, point. No, no, it's not yeah, unwinnable it at all. We have set up a, a world where we, if if Hunter had made a certain pick, almost certainly one of us would have scored. But here's right. the other thing about it: is that it's unwin. It might be unwinnable in its current form, but this is, you know, it's like the Constitution. There's a living document, Anthony. Right. There are provisions right. for changing the rules, yeah. and we're I gonna. Mean, the- the game is an alpha, right? We can all agree on <laughs> yes, that. Yes, we'll yes, have yes, a beta yeah, yeah. play test, and yes, then we'll and then finally a, move, and then we'll finally release the cuck version. So this is um, we're gonna we're gonna have the chaos deck. That's something that I'm very confident about. We're gonna release that in a couple weeks. So here's a suggestion um, from Mateus on Patreon, who's a meat buddy. Thank you so much, Mateus. Uh, Mateus says, "Hi, loving the new game and the royal rules lawyering." <laughs> People enjoy the rules lawyering more than I was expecting. I had an oh, idea yeah. for a new twist on the game that I would call secret bonus movie. It would go something like this. Each player picks a separate movie in addition to their main pick. They should not reveal this pick to other players. The goal is to get someone else to land on your secret movie in order to get your bonus point. So we use the honor system. And if we don't trust it, we could send them away to a trusted third party to rule out cheating. But um, we had talked. This is actually interesting because a similar thing um, came up in a letter from Jay, who uh, Jay number one, and Jay suggested. Um, uh, Jay said, "I'm not sure I love the negotiating for favors. It plays a little too hard on the everybody hates Alex trope, which is a popular trope on the show." But yeah, I, I understand. Tell, I was 
I was about to make a deal with Alex and Ezra, so I, yeah, I definitely am not above making a deal with Alex, okay? If, right. I don't know if TVTropes.com <laughs> is editable by anybody, but if someone could add the Everyone Hates Alex trope to the TV Tropes page, I it would really be on there. It's appreciate been, it's it. It's been played out in a lot of different good. projects yeah. I've been on. Um, so Jay continued, I have no idea how the logistics would work, but I could see it being fun if the audience somehow knew the host's target movies, but the other hosts didn't. I find trying to puzzle out mysteries more compelling than power negotiations, but that's just me. Mm. Again, I have no idea how you would let the audience know what this is without the four of you knowing, but if you could solve that, it could be a cool wrinkle. And I, so I think the secret movie is kind of similar in that you would have, you could, you would have, if possible, the audience knows the secrets, but other people don't. And I don't know how we do it. I don't know if there's like, we, we submit it all to a public webpage, but that we can't access, but yeah, I think that's, I mean, we, we just, we'd have to do honor system probably, but yeah, it's like we, we all like put our name in like our, our thing into a form basically right that that like goes like a bitly link or whatever oh, that we yeah. don't check and that everyone else can that's check. not bad the form's a good idea um the forum the form if we used a google form would be a like trusted third party without it being us it would just be yeah just be um evil uh, tech giants knowing who picked what and the and the public that's an option that's definitely an option so here's another so okay so chaos de- deck definitely coming um and we got a bunch of great ideas for uh, a bunch of great ideas that we have for for other other cards in that deck. Um, we have a, a bunch on our forum, but we've also gotten some more from listeners, including Jay, who also said um, shared source of inspiration. So you could go from um, like Stephen King movie to Stephen King movie or Shakespeare right. play to Shakespeare play. And what I like about the Shakespeare play, too, is you could do like, oh, this is this is O, which is based on Othello. Or this could be like um, this is West Ten Side things- Story inspired by Romeo and Juliet or like 10 things I hate about you, which is taming exactly. of the shrew, but exactly, exactly. Adapted, or you, know? you could do like based on a true story kind of things, um, would be interesting. Also, um, jump from actors in sequels or remakes. So you, te- you get to use the actors, not just in your movie, but also sequels or remakes of it. So if you had the Gene Wilder version of the producers, you could then jump to the Matthew Broderick movie for free. Cool. Um, Filming location, which might be too broad, but if you got rid of like Hollywood slash Vancouver, or whatever, you know, um, you could um, you could go from like one floor of the cuckoo's nest to Goonies or something if you did like Oregon filming things. What um, if, okay, I just thought of a rule that might be interesting. What if? Okay, so the person you pick a movie, and then everyone else who's not picking the next movie gets to pick one actor that the person has to jump from. So we're playing strategically, like rather than Hunter being able to pick from any of the actors in the movie, we each pick one actor in the movie, and that's who Hunter has to use. So this way we're doing strategically about like like Danny DeVito. You know he's right. in a Jim Carrey movie. Right. Well, we I would into, pick, into that, yeah. Yeah, well, I would pick Nathan George, who's in Taking a Felon 1, 2, 3. Right. right. So Interesting. if we each picked the actor the next person had to choose from rather than just giving them a blank slate. Man, I'm never so going to get Battleship Potemkin. <laughs> this, this could be a fun... Well, no, so if you have you have your power friendship, you know, we could maybe help out. That's yeah. an interesting thing because that could be maybe a, we could do a month of that instead of part of the deck. All right, a lot of good, a lot of good suggestions here. Um, let's go back to the mailbag, see some other things for um, power cards. We got a bunch more on Twitter, some other ideas. Um, uh, jump to any this is from Robin jump to any movie containing at least two of the same stock sound effects oh my whoa, God. whoa. Be crazy. 
Well, the Wilhelm scream. Exactly. Would, uh, you get the Wilhelm scream, you can go anywhere you want. Yeah. yeah. Um, jump to any movie that's shot with the same aspect ratio. That's pretty broad. Um, <laughs> produced under the same communist regime as the originating film. That's kind of interesting. Wow. Jump to any movie that features <laughs> the same did not hey, battleship hey, thank as you. the originating film. <laughs> Any yeah. film that is takes place in the same area as the of the Black Sea as the originating oh film. Oh my God! Thank you. Thank <laughs> Any you. Any film depicting real events which proceeded from the same defeat of the Russian Navy during the Russo-Japanese oh, War. Thank you. The, thank you. <laughs> maybe audience. you can jump to any film made with hundred or uh, within a hundred and four years, but only if you still live on the West Coast as an originating <laughs> film. <laughs> oh my God! All right. So great suggestions from Robert. They want from me Power to get Cards. there. I That's like the thing. Really do. That's what y'all don't Did- understand. It's the second somebody says. Oh, I have a crazy goal. The audience is like, we want you to succeed. Absolutely. The, you, by picking the worst choice, you immediately got the entire audience on your side. Uh-huh. Um, Hannah the Librarian suggested that we could do um, anything that is a book adaptation can jump to anything else that is adapted from a book, which is a perfect librarian suggestion. And also would allow you big jumps in time and genre while still having a link between them, which I like a lot. Um, Sean suggested jump to any movie with the same piece of music, which is great. Um, we all, what was, we watched, um, when we watched that drinking movie last year for, after the Oscars, um, that mm-hmm. another picked, round, another round that had that like f- piece of funk music that's been in like 50 movies. That'd be like a fun, yeah. fun little power. Um, uh, and it also be par- powerful if you allowed adaptations uh, of music. So like life aquatic has all that Bowie music, um, s- sung in, was it Portuguese? Um, I don't remember. Um, mm-hmm. And you anyway, so a lot of fun powers from that. I'm going to add all of these to our potential card list. Um, please keep these coming. I'm going to add what we're going to do is um, I'm going to get to, I don't know, 40, 50 of these. And then we'll um, we'll make up a deck and sort them out and send them out uh, and give everybody a power. Um, m- more cool things about uh, about the season. Um Ian on Twitter says, I think you should change the rules to let Meat Buddies pick the movies for you. So that'd be an interesting one where people got to vote on where we're going to go next. That could be a thing you could do for a month, probably. Yeah. Um, That's an option. Um, All right. And then, uh, oh, actually, two more about this season. Um, At Shiharosa on Twitter says, the most unlistenable part of the show definitely is the discussions of the rules. I don't think I really got the original rules until the last episode. They're not hard to listen to, only hard to try to wrap my brain around because I usually just give up and let my brain float along the tracks, which I appreciate. That's definitely how I listen to a lot of stuff. Um, But it's hard because other people are liking the rules lawyering. So it's definitely... um, No, I mean, the rules rules segment is like trying to watch the movie Primo. You know, it's just very confusing, (laughs) but it's rewarding once you kind of get your head around it, you know? Yeah, or if you just like hearing people argue... um, and then last thing about the season from Goondock on Twitter, really loving the season so far, started putting together some metrics for the season. So for starters, two actors have already appeared in both movies you have watched this season and <gasps> the movies were picked and and movies that were picked by hosts for points. So, mm, so um, we got some I just crossover say, stuff. Uh, I just want to say real quick, hey, Goondock, that's one of the, that's one of mine. Yeah, it makes sense. It's one of yours that would be like, let's let's get into the rules and let's, let's do start some analytics. Some <laughs> I love it. I would. I love the analytics part. Thank you, Gundak. It's great to have you involved. Okay, so now some thoughts that are not about the season um, in, and the rules. Um, Anthony Jay also said, listening to Anthony's grand unified Westian Baderson theory, 
I don't think that's the best way I could say it. I have to wonder if Tim Burton might be on the same level of iconic directors with easily identifiable thematic strokes. I've thought a lot about this recently. Tim Burton has way too many outliers. If he had stayed in his consistent style, he would absolutely be the third one in there. But Tim Burton... Literally the next sentence from Jay was, maybe Planet of the Apes is the outlier that keeps him out of the theory. So aware of the outliers. Yeah, I mean, he just has too many... the problem with Tim Burton, it's he on the thing about Wes Anderson and Michael Bay, the thing that really helps connect them is they have no grand designs besides making what they make. Tim right. Burton has spent a lot of time every once in a while trying to be like taken seriously as a filmmaker, right? He has purposely thrown away his style. And he's made some great films like Ed Wood is obviously one of my favorites of his. But, like, Big Eyes is really not a Tim Burton movie. It's sort of, like, aesthetically, Murder's Attacks is very much Mm -hmm. in a very different style. Like, a a part that I didn't, wasn't able to really articulate last week that I've sort of thought about this week, Michael Bay and Wes Anderson both are on this level that they seem to be chasing this platonic ideal of what a Wes Anderson or a Michael Bay movie is. Like, they both seem like the type of filmmakers that one day are going to make a movie that is so perfectly their style that they can just walk away. You know what I mean? Like they so both you, you see like, both of them are aware of the way they are perceived and ha- of, of having a style? Yeah, and not caring that people want to box them in. Like, they will never make movies outside of their style. Tim Burton, for a long time, made movies in a very specific way, and then he got tired of people saying, oh, all you do is this, and he started chasing, like, very big box office draw movies, movies that weren't as stylistic. And he also like got very lazy and just does CG craziness rather than like, if he had stuck to like the you know heightened practical sets, big, you know, colorful costumes, very specific aesthetics. But I think he has just sort of, he's fallen out in a, in a chase to legitimize himself, which if I think of anything, has delegitimized him in a lot of people's Usually, eyes. It, it so often you know? does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Wes Anderson and Michael Bay are both, they don't yeah. really care what the outside world thinks of their movies. They just want to make this thing that they do every time, you know? All right. Now something completely different. This is from Kristen, who is a longtime listener to the show, who says, Hey, Alex and the gang, love the show. I've been catching up with some episodes I missed and recently listened to your Dune cast. While I appreciated all of your opinions, even though Alex's are wrong, I would love hearing, <laughs> see that everybody's in on this game too. I would love, <laughs> I would have loved to hear a rousing round of how would you fail to survive in Dune? Personally, while I would like to think I'd be eaten by a sandworm while doing something heroic, most likely I'd be an anonymous functionary in the Atreides HR department and would be killed by Sard- Sardaukar like 10 seconds into the raid. How about y'all? So guys, how would we fail to Ooh. survive in Dune? I, I, I don't think I honestly think I would not be able to get the still suit working and I would just slowly die of dehydration. I'd be like, yeah. wait, I'm I'm drinking my what? Oh yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean I'm not drinking my piss, I'll just die. Wooden <laughs> clothes that fit though is super hard. So I could imagine yeah. it'd be like they they assigned me a still suit and I'm like, nah, but it doesn't quite get around the shoulders right. And so I'm leaking moisture in like seven. I don't know, places. this it's so tight and I'm really self-conscious about my stomach. And I feel like this suit really kind of emphasizes what I like about my body the least. I'm just not having a good time. Um, uh, yeah, that definitely would be an easy way to die. And yeah, refusing to drink your own urine seems like a quick and easy one. 
Um, I, I love the walking... idea of being eaten by a sand sandworm, but not doing something heroic. I would love to be just like a random sandworm meal where I'm like out for it's my I'm, I'm, I'm out for my 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 little mental health walk in the morning, and then the worm's like too vibrating. <laughs> So I think walking without rhythm is probably pretty easy for me, I'm guessing. Uh, but uh, but I, I do think I'm already constantly dehydration, dehydrated when I had the option to drink water. And, and so I feel like I'm just going to be forgetting more than anything else. Just like, well, yeah. Maybe if, do you think that maybe if somebody told you you weren't allowed to have water, all of a sudden you'd be really into it? Like, That's as a good a, point. As a problem, with, problem with authority? Yeah. No, it, it's if, if, if it's like, you know, you know what you can't do? Water. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then, uh, then we'll see. And then, I don't know. Maybe, maybe addicted to spice. That's probably the other thing. Just, <laughs> yeah, just, if that's, drugs, huh? Let's do. Let's do well, that. It just. Well, I mean, I like coffee, so I'm imagining spice is just like coffee. Yeah, it's sort of like nose coffee. That's it how we got you into visions coffee. of the future. That's basically yeah. what coffee does. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's, it's only. I think cold brew. Fine, right. The drugs are fine if you do them in a refined way, right? So you do like I'll do pour over spice, um, <laughs> and that's probably what will kill me. Those are good suggestions. I like it. There's so many easy ways to die on Dune. That's a fun game. Thank you, Kristen. And then one more thing, um, an important correction to a previous episode from Jane, who wrote in to say, um, an internet friend, just, internet friend just sent me a TikTok where Alex is responding to a question about how far he and his friends took a joke. Hey, that was us. Says. And I was so surprised to see anyone from Read and Weep pop up in the wild that I like that. And I immediately did the I knew him first reaction. I will say, the surprise at us doing something notable is a little bit hurtful, um, <laughs> but I, I understand where you're coming from. I also but am surprised, I, but yeah. you don't have to I be mean, this, surprised. This podcast is like the cast of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Really yes, got a great I talents could. at the beginning of their career. Eventually, people are going to listen to this and be like, oh, I didn't even recognize Hunter. Holy shit, he's so different in this, you know? That's so true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Reverse, it's reverse cameos. And hairier yes, exactly. in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> the only problem is that Jack Nicholson. Uh, no, well, that's not a problem. Never mind. It works great. That's great. Jack Nicholson was the one who's old. But yeah, we're the we're gonna reverse cameos. You nailed it. For, forget I said anything. Continuing on the letter from Jane. Um, I've been listening to the show on and off for at least five years. Originally a discovery through Pack Your Mics. Thanks. Cool. Coming back soon. Mm. Um, I even got a special Meet Buddy episodes a few years back where we watched Mighty Ducks two. Um, I'm really liking the exquisite bacon format. It's so chaotic and new that you have to ex- re-explain the game every week, which is weirdly soothing. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. People love it and also don't understand it. <laughs> I, suppose I like that it was just called exquisite bacon. That's exquisite <laughs> bacon. Very good. It's very meaty for us. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, finally, this is the correction. It's super late, but in your episode about the mummy from 1999, you guys list it's probably our second episode about it. um you guys listed off all the attractive men in the movie and i was super bummed when you neglected to include john Hanna, who plays uh jonathan who's rachel weiss and evie's dopey brother as someone who went on a john Hanna filmography deep dive slash thirst watch after seeing him in the mummy his omission from your list of hot guys feels like a deep snub thank you for years of entertainment seriously i've stayed in the podcast longer than any single workplace and I look forward wow. to someday supporting you guys as a meat buddy as long as you no longer disrespect John Hanna. So I think we should just take a second, correct the record, and admit that we all think that John Hanna is pretty hot. Yeah. Right? Can we do that? Yeah. John yeah. Hanna. Oh, yeah. John Hanna in 
isolation is a very attractive guy. But when you surround him by so many other attractive guys, it's it's easy to fall through the cracks. I don't want to say you know, I'm a big personality yeah. person, and he was a little too dopey for me. I, I yeah. you know I like a, a bit more of a of a, a spine in a person, but mm. yeah, for sure, for sure, good looking dude. Got a nice. Uh, yeah. He's got a British accent, right? Normally, yes. Kind of hot yeah, I think he's Scottish. Scottish. I mean, this is one of the problems with movies: is that the ugly people in movies are the They're hottest so hot. people you've ever seen. Yeah, um, it's just the comparison that's unfair. So, like, yeah, if John Hanna was here, we would just be stunned yeah, by his true. face all the time. The, the decaying corpse of the mummy in real life, super bangable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, I did in our in my in some of the responses to the TikTok about unwrap my heart being fi- finally somebody was talking about how sexy mummies are. There were plenty of people who were like, "There was that mummy in Night at the Museum that we were all into," and I don't remember <laughs> that part of <laughs> Night at the Museum, but apparently a lot of people thought that mummy was hot. Yeah, the mummy is like a you know a seven in Hollywood, but in like Iowa, it's a ten. You know what I mean? Uh, it's yeah. just, it depends on where you are. I do. Mummy. I do. If we were going to have a list, we I guess not. Not think. I guarantee you, we are adding John Hanna to our official list of hot people. And I didn't realize that this was a thing that we were in charge of keeping, mm. but he is on our list now. And I apologize for the oversight. Pull down you- the ledger, Heather, Alex. You got to fit <laughs> it up there. <laughs> All right, and that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for listening. It's a long show, but you guys were so fun by email this week. I had to include a lot of them. Thank you so much for everybody who writes in. You can get in touch. Podcast at readdashshape.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter pretty often. Um, we'd love to hear more suggestions for power cards as I help make the deck. And anybody hot that you think we have overlooked, please let us know. <laughs> we'll add them to the diary. We should do it. We, we should do a thing next year where instead of ranking the movies, just rank each person we've ever seen by how hot they are. Wow. Um. Hey, that's how Wait, Mark guys, Zuckerberg invented Facebook. This does work. I was going to say, run. yeah. Let's 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 make a website for this for our freshman class, and then <laughs> let's see where it goes from there. <laughs> I really appreciate, especially all the people um, on TikTok who've come over and listened to the show because of it, and I also especially appreciate all the Meat Buddies who have given money that they earned. Most of you earn your money to us who did not earn it, and we really appreciate that. Uh, thank you. You can become a Meat Buddy at Metreon.com, which is just a way to forward you to Patreon dot com slash read and weep i think so anyway you can do that we really appreciate it thank you for being here ezra yeah yeah and and shout out for um i signed up for alex's uh, vip uh uh premiere thing and like instantly my day the rest of my day was just great you know so that's what will happen mm-hmm. <laughs> rushticks.com if you want to be a vip member of my digital show on february 9th at 11 30 in the morning the next day in australia or 6 p.m pacific on february 9th thanks for being <laughs> here hunter yeah, hey, thank you. I just want to plug something real quick. Uh, I have a show about video games. If you are a gamer, you should check out my other podcast called Old Gamers Almanac. It's sort of a, a gamey game game podcast. Old where we Gamers rank Almanac. Old Gamers Almanac. Like I'm Old Farmers Almanac. I see. Is yeah. what it's yeah, a farmer. referencing. Um, you're also streaming about playing uh n64 stream, you were just telling us so yeah i stream at uh twitch uh, tv slash space cats peace turtles and i don't have time to explain why that's the url <laughs> well next time I'm, if you, i will uh, i will mention your other projects more often I, i'm sorry i haven't done that you were so into oh, having yeah. your um uh, having people follow you on your on your film blog that I've been ca- I've been talking to you about Letterbox for a while, but yeah, uh, old gamers almanac, old gamers almanac, check, check it, it out. out. Um, and thank you for being here as always, Anthony Lopez. 
This is a lot of fun. I'm very excited for next week. I love my boy Optimus Prime. I can't wait to watch him get all the way through the next movie, standing tall as the credits roll, to go on and live a nice, long, happy life. Nothing bad will ever happen to Optimus Nothing Prime. Nothing bad. I'm so ever. happy. No, I mean, something bad happened to my Transformers. I mean, if anything, you're a Prime Optimist, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. All right. Totally. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Oh. Bye.